Hi, my name is Marcos Luis, and this is One Mic Night, the podcast that brings you personal stories of artists on their journey in entertainment, helping to guide, answer questions, and inspire your path in the business and in life. Thank you all for joining me. I can't do this without you. So please, if you like these episodes of podcasts and life inspiring experiences, please share, download, and go to the One Mic Night pages and like them. I'm very excited today because our first guest is the first guest of One Mic Night. She was the one that the One Mic Night Live series was made for. She's a singer, songwriter, composer, musician. She's played alongside of some of the best in the business, including Patti LaBelle, Gladys Knight, and Barbara Streisand, to name a few. She's also taught music to the best, like Mary J. Blige, and I'm pleased to welcome Marie Tree Garrett. Hi, Marie Tree. Hey, <laughs> How, you How you doing? Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Of course. Well, for those of you who don't know, Marie Tree and I go way, way back. One Mike Night, way back. One Mike Night was started uh, as a live artist series back in 2006 in a small restaurant in the West Village. And Marie Tree was the only guest the first night. And we opened the door in the small uh, West Village restaurant and invited people to come in. And the next week I said, hey, you invite some musicians, I'll invite some actors and poets and let's see what we do. Long story short, it turned into 14 years of One Mike Night. So I'm glad to have Maritri here. Thank you, Maritri. You're welcome. Happy to be here. And thank you so yes. much for everything. So Maritri, a little tongue twister there. We want to know about your journey <laughs> in music. How did it all start for you? Well, it all started, I was about two and a half, actually, in this house where I am now, ironically, back raising my brother's children with him and doing music again, I could hear the music and, and play it back. So I did that for a couple of years and then finally got a teacher around five, which I'm really grateful for because I was allowed to really just figure things out sort of on my own and then have somebody guide me. And of course I was totally at five, just rebellious and didn't want to listen to anything anybody had to say about anything. But this, my teacher, Hazel Edwards really taught me how to read music. And then I went to high school and I studied with Ru Russell Baldwin, who also took one look at my hands and said, oh yes, this is what you are supposed to do. And then I went to Fisk University. I was a Jubilee singer studying biology. So I was in class and labs all week and then on the road on the weekends making music, um, which, was amazing and then I went to Howard University in DC and started out in pharmacy and wound up switching over to music after a semester and starting a band and then moving to New Jersey traveling the world with Jerry Allen and studying with Grady Tate and doing the festival seasons in the in the summer um, and then I moved to New York which is where I met you at the Soul That's Cafe. Right. Soul Cafe yes. in the middle of New York City on 42nd Street, long time ago. Yeah. And thankful for that. Yes. So let me ask you, how were your parents with you doing music? It sounds like you started out doing something professional, maybe uh, pre-med or something like that, or by? I did. Well, my father was a musician who had 
stop doing music so that he could be home and be a father and a husband. And he was always really, really supportive of me and my music and suggested <laughs> suggested that I learn the fake book as a kid. And so I look back on those days now and I'm so grateful for all of that because it's really shaped my career. My mother, on the other hand, was really just wanted me to be a doctor. I was supposed to be a doctor, marry a doctor from Meharry, and then we would just book the doctor and everything would be lovely. And I was supposed to have kids and, you know, a beautiful house and, and all of these things, benefits or whatever. And I decided to become a musician. And I, I understand now that that was her fear and I get it. The musicians of her day, Billie Holiday, Sarah Vaughn, they had very difficult lives because of Jim Crow, because being a woman in this industry even now is still hard and folks are so misogynistic and there's so many issues with it. It's definitely a challenge. But I, and I got that, I, I was able to have that conversation with her before she died. So it was all settled, but growing up, she was always like, oh my God, your voice is terrible. You can't sing. And the beauty of that is that I really learned how to Criticism was really easy because anything that was not from my mother, I was like, really, that's all you got? <laughs> like, you can't hurt my feelings. My mother can hurt my feelings, but that's it. Nobody else. So that, I, I, she would tell her friends how proud of me she was, but I think part of it made me work really, really hard. And then the other part of me um, just, oh, hold on, my kids are making, Maris and Frankie. No, I can hear you. I'm doing an interview. Please be quiet, okay, sweeties? Thank you. <laughs> so distracting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. And I, and I, now that I'm raising children and especially girls, I really get it because I worry about them all the time. I worry about them every time they are outside or without me and just the choices that they will make. But I also know that they are here on their own life path and you just have to step back and let right. them be who they are. And isn't that a beautiful thing? I mean, I think, do you feel like we're at a different place in the world, you know, right now as far as women yes. and music and life and- Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes, completely. I mean, I've, I've been doing some theater projects in the last several years with them. Um, Indira Waru and Daniel Banks, and just, it's amazing how when you show up fully, things come, and I, I'm learning again to just live in the moment and to have blind faith, which I always did before, but once you have children and other people that you're responsible for, sometimes that goes out the window, and you can't have the blind faith that you have as a single person, so I think I'm trying to find the balance and figure out the the line between blind faith and and reality and i think as artists we we have this blind faith we just know somehow that everything is always going to work out and it does and you show up and you prepare and do the most that you can and you just sort of expect it to all work out and it does all work out so i'm just figuring that out and i think this quarantine has really, really helped me to do that in a very right. focused way. Things that I probably should have been doing a while ago, but maybe was afraid to do or afraid to commit to because I didn't know how it would work out. 
I'm now fully committed to and just doing them and moving forward. Right. That was the next question I was going to ask. Do you think that this this pandemic and quarantine has forced you as an artist to take chances, break down fear? I know for me as an actor, you know, I've invested a lot more in the things that I do. You know, uh, it's given me time to read and learn a lot more about my craft and what I'm doing and take a chance on some things that I wouldn't have normally done before. Yeah. Yes, because you have the time and and nothing nothing else really right. pressing you know what i mean i think all of the pressures are still there but it it forced me to just slow down and take a moment and really think about what i was doing because i was oh my god marcos i when i came back and decided to take care of the kids and take care of my brother i took a job teaching school substitute teaching at their at their school. So it was a long-term substitution and the school was great. They would let me be there when I was there. And then I was also traveling. But last year I, I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit and I wanted to get back to doing music full time. And I thought, how am I gonna do this now that I have a house and kids and a car note and all sorts of stuff that I have to take care of? How can I do this? And make sure that they're okay because you know what we're artists we we have gone through you know weeks of eating pasta yes. or whatever because we've had to do right. our craft right and you can do that but i can't look at the kids and be like oh sorry we're eating peanut butter this weekend that's that's what it is so i was going through that and then i was out on the road i had just left when the quarantine hit and went into effect and it just happened to be the kids school break too so everything was broken and then I thought, well, this is not anything unusual. This isn't really different. And so two weeks in, I started, I spoke to people because people had been calling me and they said, oh, I really need some sort of comfort and I'm really getting that from you. Thank you. And then I spoke on Facebook once and then people said, what if you played music? And I thought, well, okay, I'll play a song a day. And that grew into doing an hour every day, five days a week. And that has brought me so much comfort and just thinking about last year you know and during the year i had started getting up in the morning and practicing piano for an hour before i got the kids up before i went to school and that hour that one hour of quiet and alone time was so good because i hadn't really experienced that since i've been in new york it's every day is full of people and talking to people and and cooking for people and making sure that little people get bathed every day and that sort of thing and homework. And my days were long. I mean, my day would start at six and I would be done by eight in the evening. And I was, but a big chunk of that was teaching at school all day. And so now I'm prepping for my show every day. So I do that for a couple hours and then I do my show. But having that time to give to myself has been everything. And being afraid of trying to take that back when I was feeling like I had to work and had to take care of things that really prevented me. I think that that was right. the fear of just not being able to take care of everything. But on the other side of that, I mean, there's a part of me that wishes I had done it sooner, but there's another part of me that's like, yeah, everything in its time, everything happens when it's supposed to. But I think the lesson is the next time I want to do something and I'm afraid I should just trust 
and just do it. I was uh, a couple years ago. I had, um, was getting out of a relationship, and I went to a friend of mine who's definitely a father figure, and I was telling him about the situation and everything else in my life, taking care of my brother and having lost my mom and missing my dad and all these different things. I was just going on and on and on. And he said, let me stop you. He said, do you remember that time that God failed you? And I sat there and I, I thought, no, he said, mm-hmm. exactly. So leave that shit on the altar and right. walk away and trust. And I thought, well, if that isn't the answer to everything, absolutely. if that isn't the answer to every question, you know, and so lately I have, I have gotten into the habit of writing my prayers down on a piece of paper and putting them in a box. So saying them and saying the prayers and then putting them in a box and just forgetting about it so that, and, and looking back now, pretty much everything that I prayed for in the last couple of years has come to pass. And, you know, I'm not a particularly religious person at all, but I think the spiritual side of it, the spiritual side, I mean, if you believe in God, the universe, whatever it is, but speaking the truth and speaking your desires and being very clear about what it is that you want comes back and it's, it's out there. You put it out there and it's floating out there and it, it attaches to whatever belief system you have and it, it becomes your truth. And sometimes it doesn't show up the way that you asked for it, but it always shows Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Amen to that. I think, you know, the universe always provides. And I think just like you said, whether you're religious yeah. or you're spiritual, uh, I heard an interview with Andre DeShield uh, a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that, you know, someone was asking him, are you, do you believe in God or, or the universe or spiritual? What's your, what's your take on it? He said, well, God is the name for the unknown of all that. Wow. So you can call it wow. whatever you want to, but it's the universe wow. acting to what's going on. So yes, yes. So you got it right. Wow. You got it right. Wow. Yep. So I want to take it back just a little bit too. Um, we were talking about one mic night. What and what yes. did one mic night mean to you? So I, okay, once again, I have to thank you for that because you you always show up when magic shows up, and <laughs> you show up. You know, you you're the magic. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, hey, listen, I'm opening up this restaurant, and I was wondering if you would come play. And I was like, dude, I just got this guitar. I've been playing for all of ten minutes, and I need a space where I can learn. And so I was thinking, oh, I'm going to sit in the corner of this lovely restaurant and play music and people won't really be listening, but I'll get my chops up and I'll be able to play. Meanwhile, I think I did that one or two weeks and then I did this gig and I met V. Jeffrey Smith and I didn't know who he was. I just knew he was on the gig and he was playing saxophone at the time and he offered me a ride from Brooklyn and we get in the car. I mean, from Jersey to Brooklyn. So we get in the car and he pops in the CD and I said, oh my God, I love this band. He goes, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm looking at him like, holy shit, I am in the car wow. with you, Jeffrey Smith, the person that produced all of the music that I love in the past, you know, maybe 10 years when I was at Howard. That's all the records that I loved. He had produced 
um, including his own and the band. And I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm in the car with this dude. So he was like, well, yo, what are you working on? I said, well, I just took this gig and I'm learning how to play guitar and blah, blah, blah. And you should come and sit in. And I didn't think he would come. I really didn't think he would come. And that next week he rolled, you know, he texted me. He's like, hey, so what time, what time is the hit? And I was like, oh my God. So, and then he comes rolling in. And I don't know if you remember, but he came, he didn't bring really much of anything, just the right. guitar and stuff. And then as the weeks progressed, he would bring Absolutely. all his stuff. Remember, we just we didn't, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he would quietly bring all his stuff in. And I was like, oh my God. And then and then maybe a couple weeks later, I, I went to David Pilgrim's gig and we were we had a mutual friend. And I went to his gig and he's sitting on the stand and he's got these big, thick glasses and his big book of songs and he's looking at his books and and I told him, I said, dude, listen, I said, your songs are fantastic, fantastic. And he said, well, I'm so used to just doing covers and, um, you know, and he was at Rockwood, which is crazy because we haven't been able to get into Rockwood since then. But he was at Rockwood and there were probably me and maybe five or six other people. And we were all very intently listening to the words because that dude is a wordsmith. Absolutely. Of the highest, the highest order. order. The highest order. I mean, I aspire to that greatness. I'm like, dear God, like, how do you even conceive of that? But okay. And so I told him, I said, listen, I said, first thing I said, you got to lose that book. I said, you got to lose the book. You have to internalize those songs. And then I said, Hey, I'm, I'm playing this gig tonight. You should come over after you get done here. And so he left his gig after and came over. And then he's, he said, is that B. Jeffrey Smith? I said, I know. And so we were like two little girls just pinching each other, like, can you believe this? And so, you know, and then I think maybe for a week or so, maybe two weeks, it was just us, right? right? And then people started coming in. People were, people heard about it. People were coming in off the road. We had all these amazing voices, Anna Kay, Carla, Duran, Jenny Fujita, Jeff, Jeff Judy, Judy, oh my God, and Jerome right. Jordan, and Ruhan, and Shelly, and Corey came. I mean, it just, it just, and the night that Corey Glover came, it was so funny because, again, did not know who he was because he's so right. incognito. So he's sitting there with his baseball cap and, you know, and so we, I had dinner with this man and his wife and several other friends, and I had no idea who he was. And Jeff goes, yo, uh, do you mind if Corey sings a song? I'm like, sure. And Corey gets up there and he starts singing. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God. Corey it's Glover, Corey right? Yeah. Another one of my heroes. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm getting to meet and work with all of my heroes. And I'm just sitting there listening to him sing. And, you know, of course, I'm crying because I'm a big crybaby. And then Dave's like, holy shit, it's Corey Glover. I'm like, dude, can you believe this? So... It was, it was just this, it was a magical, fertile time. I, I think we all grew so much. And I mean, it got to the point where there were more musicians in the restaurant than there were patrons. patrons. Yes. You know, and it, it just became this Monday night thing. And I, I just remember being so unbelievably happy and, and fulfilled. And because I'm somebody who needs, I need right. a community. I am, I need a community and that, I felt like I was on the fringes of so many different communities in New York. The Tea Party, I was kind of late to that. The Black Rock Coalition, I was part of that. There were some classical players that I knew. The Broadway thing, I knew. The dance world, I kind of knew. But I was always on the fringes. I was never the initiator of anything. And that was the first time, well, the second time that 
I felt like I had initiated something and it was, um, you know, and thank you to, thank you to you again for just having this concept and then allowing it to just sort of come together and trusting me to be like, okay, she can make this happen. And you worked so tirelessly behind the scenes to help us, you know, do everything and make sure that it was always great. And you just allowed me to make the music happen. Well, that, that was my inspiration too. That was my Monday night inspiration. So, you know, even as an actor, I would go there and I would be inspired by the music. And, and, and you know, once we started adding, I started adding other people on, that was even more inspiration. We had poets, we had, you know, yeah. comedians, we had everything happening there. So it was incredible, incredible experience. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I had such a, I, I grew so much then. Right. And it, it felt like I had everything that I had ever really wanted musically. And it was consistent and constant and everybody was growing and just really lo it felt like a really loving time too. like it was before any of the egos or anything crazy got in the way. Everybody was just in a really great place. And people would call and be like, oh, I'm coming on Monday. I'm coming on Monday. And, you know, come off the road with whoever and then just come in and sit in and do their thing. And yeah it was it was that was a really magical magical time really magical. glad to hear that so what do you have coming up in the future yeah. what's what's going on now all right so i have a couple of things um of course i'm continuing with my show and i don't know how all of that's gonna look after this quarantine okay. is over <laughs> let everybody know what your what your show is but, oh okay so i do a live show at five every day eight five o'clock pacific eight o'clock eastern yep. eastern and i do an hour of music some nights i do dedications some nights i do broadway music from broadway music from television music from movies my favorites people have curated lists but it's an hour of music during this time to offer some comfort and some peace for people who are inside and need a little bit of reassurance, a little bit of hope. And the lovely thing, Marco, is that the the community is also building. It's, it's, it's also a community. People are getting right. to know each other from different parts Absolutely. of their life and also strangers. And so people, people now communicate with each other on the show. show. I love that. I absolutely. And you know, I tune in when I can. I'm, I I'm, I'm a little busy, but I tune in when I can. I'll pop in and see Marie. No, I, know. I popped in and I heard you, I heard you uh, do the, the TV show episode where you sang all the TV yeah. Yeah. theme songs. Brilliant. Brilliant. Brought me joy. So much yep. fun. TV shows. Com I, and then I added commercials in because somebody was like, well, what about the jingles? And I thought, wow, what is TV without those great jingles? And so I researched those and came up with some, and then people sent in songs from shows that I didn't know. And then I thought I did some um, some of the Scholastic Rock stuff, which is wow. incredible. Like that was, those were the Saturdays of my childhood listening to that. And, and, you know, so doing that, and I think it's really just, it's a reminder of a really great time for a lot of people because People were a lot of the people that listen to the show are they're still young. I mean, they're you know they're they're anywhere from like well, some of them are really young. They're in their twenties, but the bulk I would say is probably between thirty and maybe sixty. And so 
they have these memories of really great TV and it was a happy time for them. And so once a week we get to, we get to come back to that and people are in a very happy place after a very stressful day of maybe not working or working and not knowing what comes next or dealing with homeschooling and dealing with this common core math. Cause I'll tell you, I, the first couple of weeks I was like, Oh my God, this is insane. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's an amazing way to comfort myself and hopefully comfort other people and just give them a space where they can right. breathe, where they can just breathe. So, Which is one of my favorite songs yeah, by you, I, by I, the way, breathe. Thank you. Maybe I'll do that for you today. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's just, you know, I, and for up until last week, I had, um, I had really only done covers. I was just doing um, things that, that I thought people wanted to hear. And people were like, oh, could you, could you do a night of originals? Could you do a night of originals? And finally I thought, you know what, I'm going to do a night of originals. And it felt so good to be playing my own music and telling my own stories. And I wound up doing that for three nights in a row, which I hadn't expected at all. But I think right now, like you said, I mean, God is the name of the unknown. That is, that, that is, that's great, that is right? the most profound yes. thing. That is the most, most profound thing that I've heard. And I, that is, that is everything. It's about that blind, that blind. It sure is. Well, Maritri, how can we find you? Find out what's going oh, on. Okay. So it's Maritri Music across the board. I mean, my personal page on Facebook is Maritri Garrett, but everywhere else, it's Maritri Music, Twitter, Insta, um, Facebook, everything. And then, but on Facebook, it's it's under Maritri Garrett. That's the page where I do my show. So but it's every it's every weekday at five o'clock or eight o'clock, depending on where you are, and it's for an hour. I am on iTunes and Spotify under either Marie Tree Garrett or Marie Tree Marie Tree Garrett or the Soul Folk Experience. So, and of course, you know Marco, I'll provide all of those links for you, so you know, and you can guide people to us. But yeah, that's yes. that's where I am. That's it. Thank you, Maritri. Please make sure you follow Maritri on her social media. Please download the yes, music please. and definitely check out her show every night, five days a week, 8 p.m. Eastern yes. Standard Time. Go to the page, Maritri Garrett, and check out the show. You'll thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. Yes. Thank you. Also, make sure if you like this podcast, please share it with your friends. Leave comments down below. And follow us on IG at One Mike Knight. That's O N E M I C N I T E, as well as all the social medias: Twitter, Facebook, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can also find me at Marcos Luis M A R C O S L U I S. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on One Mike Knight the podcast.